Weekend Qualifier Update. NASHCON 2019, August 23rd through the 25th at Franklin Marriott at Cool Springs in Franklin, Tennessee. For more information, go to nashcon.org. Pre-registration now open. The NJSOBs are proud to present the third annual Boker Brawl, October 4th through 6th. This year's brawl will again have our signature five-person team event Saturday and Sunday, and backed by popular demand, the Boker Big Base Brawl, where the top 15 players are walking away with a huge base model. This year, we are also proud to announce our Warfare Weekend Qualifier. Registration starts June 1st. Check out our website, thebokerbrawl.com, or on Facebook. See you at the brawl. Welcome to the Minority Report with your host, Isaiah, Terrence, and Damon. And now, over to you, Isaiah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Minority Report. We are a few days out from Gen Con, and I'm ready to go. My pocketbook's not because it's super expensive, but we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, Terrence, any plans? We're going to Gen Con, man. I don't understand why you're not more excited, Isaiah. I don't understand. We just had the War Machine and Horse theme remix. We're on our way to Gen Con. The world could not be a better place right because now. Because my pocketbook <laughs> wants to stab me over and over and over for how much I'm paying for a hotel. Look, yeah. you're American. Americans live in debt. That's accepted. Bro, don't don't get me started on that. My student loans are just staring at me from like the dark corner of my closet right now. <laughs> and they will continue to stare at me when I'm dead. <laughs> you, even while we're gone, the student loans will still stand over my grave, says aha. Hey, look, student loans are a myth. Oh, I know, I know. Uh so uh yesterday I had my final War Machine pre theme remix tournament out in Toledo, Ohio. You, you do know you never asked David how he was doing, right? Hey, hey. <laughs> first of all. There's a reason of, Isaiah knows Damon is always excellente. Right. Like, Damon's always chill. Like, he got this. He got this. But since Terrence really wants to jump into the mix, Damon, how you doing today? Isaiah, I am wonderful. That's my mother would say I'm highly blessed. Oh, no, no, I'm blessed and highly favorite is what she would say. <laughs> Feeling frosty. Feeling chill. I'm chill, man. You don't hear that Billy D going on? <laughs> <laughs> Get that man a cookie. You don't like callow for huh? What? Give me a cookie. I don't want no cookie. Man, we want some like cornbread and something else, man. Like we're trying to go down <laughs> over here. <laughs> Look here, Isaiah. You were born and raised in Michigan. You don't know nothing about no cornbread, bro. Hey, but my grandparents came from Mississippi and Georgia. I damn straight do. <laughs> hey, just like almost every other Midwestern <laughs> black family, right? Right? <laughs> That's what the jobs were back in the 60s. Exactly. Well, right? So while you guys are going to be kicking it in at Gen Con, I'm going to be at a fish fry on Friday. Uh, Man, <laughs> a softball to be, game a Saturday trip. morning. Uh uh, uh, dinner Saturday night 
and, uh, and you, you know it's my family union, and I'm only I'm only going to be like 25 minutes away from you guys, but I, I, I will not be able minutes? to get away. Wait, hold on. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be in away. Yeah, y'all can come on up, man, if y'all want to. I, I mean, do. I can do a French fry at any given day. Hey, amen. You, so, uh, send I, me the address. We talk business. I, I am. Hey, look. I'm, I'm expecting y'all. Y'all, y'all going to be distant cousins. So I'm going to be like, hey, man, y'all going to remember? That's Lucille, boy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I hey, look. That's going to be the first I crashed. We're about to get some fish, some mustard, and some onions, and I'm good to go. A couple of slices of bread. I'm in and out like a ghost. Man, okay, hold on. You lost me on mustard. Get out of here. Man, for he lost me on mustard too, man. I ain't gonna even lie. So, Harris, what, why are you the odd man out? Why are you like that? This odd, like the odd cousin from the group, man. You like that? <laughs> Look, I understand. He's a cousin. I, I'm, I'm the odd man. Geniuses tend to be odd men. That's what I'm telling you. Man, they also Dude. also use the first one shot too. Like, you better, yes. <laughs> you better quit while you ahead. All right. So for all our listeners, we apologize for Terrence. I mean, we try every episode, but we can only do something. Look here, you don't have to apologize for the listeners' favorite host on the show. They love me. Now, you guys, eh, they can take a leave, but I, the mainstream. We never did. You got the loudest mouth. Of course they know who you are. We never did put that post up. Let me me work on that while we're doing this, man. Right? Who is your favorite? Okay, let me get on that right now. All right, so before I also, earlier before I was rudely interrupted by Karen. Uh, I did have a tournament yesterday up in Toledo, Ohio with the game room. Uh, thank you, David, for running that awesome event. I dragged, well, me, Chuck, and uh, one of our guys, Justin, went down there for pretty much all day. I mean, we didn't get back to, like, midnight. Is but, it an uh, OTC qualifier? It wasn't. It was just a, it was just a uh, regular steamroller. Okay. But uh, we all, ultimately, we had a lot of fun. Uh, Chuck and them went... Taking the event 4 0. Um, I went 2 and 2, uh, playing Scorn for the last time. I played Hexy 2 and Xerxes 1. And then sadly, Justin went 0 and 4. But uh, ultimately, we had, we had tons of fun. We all talked about the new changes, what we all wanted to do about um, our list. Because uh, we played pre remix yesterday. Because since it all changed on Friday, we didn't want to go through all the all the official changes and stuff, so it just made it easy. But yeah, so we are all hyped up and ready for theme remix, War Machine three point five, whatever you want to call it, guys. But uh, but before we jump into the new changes, so let's kind of go over Gen Con. So up at Gen Con this year, so. Uh, so Isaiah, you said you went to a tournament. You ain't gonna tell us before we start jumping into Gen Con. So you said you took Hexy two and Xerxes, right? Yep. What was, what was Xerxes in? Uh, Masters of War. Uh, two units Hexy? of swords. Uh, Hexy was in Imperial War, uh, Imperial War Host. Okay. So break down the the Masters of War list. Ooh. All right. So Xerxes two. Uh, only thing he brought with him was a. Cannoneer, a Kraya, and an Agonizer. Um, I had one. Uh, now I'm trying to remember what those stupid things are called. Uh, they give out tough. Uh, wheel breakers. Wheel breakers. Yeah. Uh, one wheel breaker. Two units of swordsmen. Uh, I also had a pair of guys in this. So two units of swordsmen. Cats. 
uh, Seterati with attachment and a Tycom. Okay. And Let's, then the uh, XC2 list was uh, I had a Hydra. I'm trying to remember all this from my hand because I like deleted it all so I can make new lists. Uh, so I had a Hydra, Malakarn, two Agonizers, um, with the caster attachment, um, brought Zadesh with a Titan Gladiator, um, and a Reptile Hound, max unit of, uh, Beast Handlers, uh, Gobber Crew, and Fish Sticks. No Turtles? No Turtles. I don't own any turtles. Screw that noise. So, now, I'm, I know most of our listeners are willing to, are wanting to know this one thing. You are now currently, but at that, you're now a former scoring player, player, but at that time you were a scoring player. Correct. Why did you feel the need to go play scoring and not play exalted? Is uh, this a part of the Isaiah Snowflake, or was this the Isaiah... I'm going to try to out-meta the meta. Uh, it's called I Refuse to Play the Meta so I don't own any Immortals. So you didn't have any Exalted before Exalted was Exalted? Correct. And I refuse to own Exalted. Interesting. The models, the models don't interest me. Hmm. Like, me buying Storm <laughs> was mostly for the Elephants, the Swordsmen, and Xerxes too. Hmm. Hmm. So all the uh, mediocre stuff. Hey, first of all, this is all the stuff I enjoyed back when Scorn first came out, sir. That's, oh, hey, I'm not judging. You know, I, I never, not judge, just observation. So, we don't judge you, Isaiah. We just shame you. Well, Terrence, <laughs> Terrence judges. Terrence judges. You can't lie to me. <laughs> That dude cracks himself up, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I, I understand this is the thing. At the end of the day, I know what the true answer is. It had nothing to do with the models. It had to do with Isaiah and his special snowflake syndrome. Oh, so, I don't know what this. We all need special snowflakes in our lives. To all the listeners, Terrence is talking BS as usual. As hey, usual, I I have someone that in me, so I'm not I'm not knocking it, Isaiah. I'm just telling you, I'm aware that you had that issue. Damon, take take care of my light work, like seriously. Isaiah, um, you know, if I could, I would, but he's impossible. Nah, amen to that. It's impossible. So, what was your matchup, Isaiah? Uh, round one, I fought Rahira and Pirate. Uh, it went well until he spiked and blew up the Hydra, and three pirates blew up Malakarn. Three pirates killed Malakarn? Yeah, that's dice. What the power? Power 11? <laughs> For full health? Yeah. Oh, man, those dice would have went, went into a, a bucket of water. <laughs> we would have had those. 
Yeah, yeah, like that. That's how the dice went straight up. He went from full of the dead with uh, Ashen Veil up. What? Yeah. So, he's, so, so defense fifteen. Yep. Even fifteen. Ain't like seventeen or eighteen. He's uh, armor eighteen. Yeah, so it's dice on seven. Yep. Are they weapon masters? I already know the answer to this, but I'm just making I'm just making sure. Nope, they're not weapon masters. You sure you did the math right? Dude, it's, it's mathematically, I don't even know if that's possible. Well, so, they, so, so there's so there's six attacks. So because remember they also have point blank. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, but he dropped it from zero to dead and he dropped the Hydra from zero to dead with his Blockadier with minus two strength on it. Blockadier does not surprise me. Bruh, I think I would have packed up my army and went home. I'm serious. <laughs> if two, three pirates tabled Molly card in one phase, I just think I'd yeah, be it, like, it was. It was just bad. Oh, dude, that had to be so demoralizing. I mean, I, I tried to play it back, but by that point, it was like, well, that was just like a heavy loss on my hand, so... It is what it is. I mean, I wasn't mad about it. Then uh, game two, I played against Dreamer uh, with Hexy. With Hexy. Uh, I won that game 5-0. and oh. I didn't lose any models. It was a pretty straightforward match. Uh, round three, I fought Striker 1. Uh, that game, I won 6-1 and one on Bottom of three. I was sure about to say, dude, if you lost a strike of one, it's a problem. Nah. Uh, then game four, I played against Una two. Um, so she had Thunder Chicken, six Scars Fells, two Razor, uh, two Razor Wings, Lord of Beasts, two units of Stones. Uh, black clad. I think that was it. Um, that list I also dropped Hexy too. Uh, pretty much ended up being kind of like a dance off for the first couple turns. Like I pop you early just to blow up two birds with uh, Hellfire. Um, but then I moved sooner or later. I had I just had to move up, kill another bird before she, uh, she could feed. Um, Mog also charged and killed another bird. Um, so then she feeded, uh, charged in the Thunder Chicken onto the Hydra, left the Hydra on one. Uh, Chris didn't have anything else on his right side to move up, but he did have one last Scarsfell that was like a hair in range to finish off the Hydra. Um, and then where dice came again, Moloch went up to the bird to kill it. Um, because the animus was up, he's dice minus six on his little feedback, and he has hand of fate up, hand of fate on him. So it's dice minus six, two dice. Um, he rolled like six damage through, then five damage through, and all took out body first. So then Moloch is no longer a weapon master because he's just two dice now, and then he took out the mind, and I'm like, well. Guess that's that. So I lost game four. And that was pretty much it. Went two and two. I mean, ultimately, it was just me having fun before 
the whole theme changes, so I wasn't trying anything crazy. Okay, that makes sense. That's awesome, though, man. I mean, two and two and losing a a rough one like that in the beginnings. Good way to bounce back, Isaiah. Yeah, well, I mean, ultimately, we all were like laughing around, just having some fun. Um, Chuck was just blowing up people left and right. He played. What did Chuck play? Uh, Chuck played. Calandra uh, and Gunbjorn. And he was blowing up people, I think, turn two with his two Colossals with Gunbjorn. Talk on Chuck. And then game four, he fought Grimkin. He blew up three Clockatrice and two Skinemones. I think it was bottom of two. What? With Calandra? What was the caster for Grimkin? Uh, child. Whoa. Like, he, do you, I guess you wouldn't know what his arcana was because, I mean, Shroud and, and Desolation would be a good, good one when you play yeah, against I, a gun line. <laughs> yeah, off the top of my head, I can't remember. I, I don't, I can't remember what his Calandra list was, so I'm not sure if it was a gun line or not. I know the gun beyond list was with the two. Uh, gargantuans because he had the winter troll and the mountain uh mountain king um but i don't remember what his calandralist was but yeah i was just i was hearing it from the other side of the uh of the room and then when i went over after our game was done they were like yeah it went real bad bottom of two just wiped out five heavies i was like really five heavies like okay chuck do chuck things So Chuck's playing trolls right now, or is that just what he felt to play the other day? That's that's what. Remember, Chuck plays like a crapshoot every different event. Like who knows what he's playing? Like he's never in like a faction for more than like a week, unless we're in the league. But yeah, but we uh we had tons of tons of great talks. Um. We we give our thoughts on you know the new changes what we all thought um, after it was all said and done we had a great time they're gonna start running more events over at the game room in Toledo so for all those who are near the area pop on in definitely try and get some games in definitely try and get more events going on over there so did you guys do anything yesterday Terrence Warranty and Horde Wilds. No. No? Did you mean painting? Probably not. No. If it's in consolation, I did on his behalf. Of course. I I knew you would, Damon. At least someone, I guess, paints his models. (laughs) In his models. (laughs) I'm proud to model Friday. What? Yep. So are those models you're going to drop off over Damon's house, I'm assuming? <laughs> on his way to Jake High. On his way to Jake High, right? <laughs> hey, before you go to the fish fry, bro, I need you to paint these up for me. You're right. <laughs> I, I am going to actually drop them off at Damon's house. But they will be painted by the time they get there. <laughs> oh, see? All right, so any other talks before we move on to... To the big con of itself. 
Well, most definitely want to share my 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 experience at GigaCon. It's held at a Gigabyte's Cafe in Atlanta. Um, Ooh, I was there it. last week. Um, uh, bit shout out to John Glavin. That's my boy. Love you, Boo Boo. Um, <laughs> they always put on a great show. Um, so we we ended up getting in late. I mean, I won't say late, but it, it was later in the day on Friday, which they do the champion event um, on Friday evening. Uh, dice roll at five thirty. Um, probably a bad decision for me to play in it, but I did play. I uh, ended up dropping more Ghoul three and exalted, and I dropped Jalam and Wins of Death uh, for the Champions event. Um, first game, I ended up. Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm so terrible with names. And the guy was an excellent opponent and very skilled. He uh, played Kador, Old Witch, and I dropped more Ghoul three into him. Um, the reason being, I dropped that. I thought that was a lesser two evils because he was playing Doom Reaver spam. Um, I'm not going to be able to get nice reflection off, but at the same time, at least my army can do what it does with Old Witch. You know, wins the death list is very limited in what it can do because of, you know, she has Windstorm. So minus five is, is pretty serious. Um, so I, I, I think I think I went first. Actually, I know I went first. I staged. And I staged in a way where I knew I was going to give up three three points, maybe four, if 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 he could make it happen. Um, and he goes to his turn, and, and and I'm seeing the three on the table. I'm seeing that he's easy, and he and he's and he's going for him. And uh, I'm embarrassed to say I forgot that old witch who I play in Grimkin has a spell called a Curse of Shadows, which was allowed that which allowed him to go a little bit deeper than I, I intended for him to go. He was able to get past the front unit of uh, Immortals that I was screening with and get onto my objective. And um, now this is where my whole weekend started going down the, down the tube. And it's not because of him, it's because of me. Uh, let me say that very clear. It was a great game, great opponent. Um, I enjoyed it immensely, learned some things. But uh, he charged in with Fenris and, um, to tap my objective. He failed to kill it. Um, had some dismal dice rolls. Uh, about two activations later, he says, oh, man, I forgot to use treasure chest, which he did state that he uh, he was using and putting it on Fenris. So I told him to go ahead and make the roll. Go ahead and make the re-roll if he wanted to. Um, because, he, you know, I, he did say it. And guess what happens? <laughs> he re-rolls, he kills the objective, five points, the game's over. Uh, <laughs> and I, womp, it, womp. Yeah, man. Like I mean, you know, it's one of those things where I felt terrible because of the loss, but I felt like I did the right thing with my opponent. I, I don't know if I will repeat that maneuver, um, especially not one or two activations further in. Um but uh, once again, he was a great guy. Uh, the game was clean; it was smooth, and I, I didn't want to take it away, take it away from him uh, because once again, he stated it. So from that moment on, I said, "I'm not even dropping more Wolf Three again. I'm going to drop Jalam just to get some reps in with him." Um, I got to play against a great dude named uh, I think the second game was against a great guy named Nick from uh, from down Tampa Tampa area. Dude, I, I swear that was probably the funnest game I had all weekend, man. We were, <laughs> he was playing Gorman, the list that is dead, uh, Gorman with the uh, Halberdiers. And uh, it was a grind fest, which I end up losing. Uh, I end up losing on clock. Um, that, I, I'm so happy to see that list dead because that, that many bodies with decent defense that hit pretty hard. Um, with Gorman's feet, it's, it's just so much to calculate and plot. It was just, it was difficult. Um, and I think, I think that was it. I think I dropped after that, man. So I went zero and two, uh, day one. 
um, the Masters event next day, um, I was playing my, my, my normal matchup with Sheth and Exalted, which I love that list. Um, and I played uh, Makeda 3 in Imperial Warhols. Um, the first game I played, I played against Eric Cohn from Louisville. That is, if you don't know Eric, Eric's a great guy, very skilled player, um, <laughs> very enjoyable. But I, I tell you, and Terrence, you could probably contest this. Once the dice are rolling, though, Terrence, uh, he kind of changes, not, not in a bad way, but he just kind of changes where he shifts more into a professional. And uh, But, I mean, it's always a joy to play him, and it's always fun to watch that that that, that visor come down and see him go to work. He was playing Minoff with Harbinger, which is always a tough matchup, um, especially for Exalted, because typically uh, in Corporal's not a thing to be able to get past the front lines because everything in Minoff has magic and blessed weapons um grind it out uh, once again we're going going back and forth and i end up losing like a 15 20 minute turn like and maybe turn two even not even on a feet turn so when i turned around and feed it as you can guess i clocked myself um eric, eric played awesome i think he actually made it all the way up until uh well actually he made it he actually i think he took first he took first in our heat so he he played tremendous tremendously that day, and that was a great game. Second game I played against a troll player, and once again I'm terrible with names. He he dropped Madrak two, and I dropped Makeda three. And uh, dude, that that game was was awesome. Just a highlighted, I, I ended up getting an assassination, and I knew it was there. It was a forest. It was a recon. Was it recon? Um, it's the one with the uh, rectangle in the middle, two circles on each side, and um. I was just basically keeping them pressed. I actually sent in a turtle turn two, charged in into some fin blades with uh, blood fury on them, um, just to tie them up and take some casualties. Mainly, the main goal for that turtle was to kill the fell caller because uh, there was a lot of difficult terrain on the table, uh, on his side of the table, and, and keep the, the fin blades on that side of the table as well. And also, a unit of tuffle. I was thinking that he might have to send a couple in and make sure he gets rid of the turtle. So fast forward, it, he, he gets rid of the turtle. Uh, Madrak is right behind this forest. Well, maybe a couple inches behind the forest that's in the center of the table. And I can see that I can get there. I just can't figure out how. So I had the objective get Pathfinder to Makeda, which I give. Um, and so I spent maybe 10 minutes looking at how can I Pac-Man over Madrak because he has no focus on him. And uh, I couldn't figure it out. I mean, I, everywhere was leaving me about a centimeter short. And, uh, and so him and I are talking. He's like, man, I, I just don't, I, I don't know how you, I said, it's here. I just can't see it. So I finally said, oh, I got it. So I moved the agonizer up. We pulsed a fan blade back into an area where the first fan blade that I could get to, that gave me one more body to get over to Madrak. And I ended up assassinating with, like, with, you know, folk, fury to spare. Um, it, it was, it was, I was pretty impressed with the assassination. So was he, I mean, like people started coming up to me at the end of the game, like throughout the days, like, dude, that was awesome idea. And I, I you know, I, I thought so as well. Um, the next game I actually played against another troll player who was playing Madrak three. And let me tell you something. Uh, I dropped uh, Makeda three and I got to live the dream. Uh, Makeda killed 30, 34 Krill warriors a full unit of champions, put 12 points on the Mount Keen, killed the, killed the objective. Um, Who are you playing, Madrak 2? He was playing Madrak. He was, he was, I know, it was Calm insane. down. This, this ain't pre-Madrak 2, like, super serving, but yes. Like, like calm down. It was, it was, it was bananas. And, like, and 
and we talked about it. And I and I apologize before <laughs> because I'm like, dude, I'm I'm sorry for what's about to happen. <laughs> and I just commenced to walking across the table and killing everything so for maybe five or six fan blades in Madrak. Um Jesus in the Christ. mountains. In the Mountain King, which the Mountain King was killed by a Molly Carr walking up and finishing them off. Well, obviously. Uh, yeah, right. Um, so that was that was the game. Last game I played against my homeboy Matt's Lemon. That's my guy, Lemon, Lemon, L-E-M-M-O-N from Atlanta. Uh, great, great bunch of dudes there. I got to play against Matt's and I got to play against Infernos for the very first time. Bro, let me tell you something. Exalted does not want to play into Infernos. Not even was, a little bit. You was not prepared. Oh, uh, not only was I not prepared for the shenanigans of Infernos, but I was not prepared for the shenanigans of Infernos targeting Exalted. Um, if you don't know, they have a lesser war beast that if you're within five inches of them, any, I think any model with the Soul Taker ability is at minus two attack rolls. Um, mm. so, yeah, so you're talking about Exalted going down to, at, at best case, with Hakar in the area, fives. Um, and typically, honestly, it's going to be four because he can't cover the whole table. Then you, I can't think of her name, but the the one with the feet that's plus three defense on oh, top. Oh, Zadaroff. Zadaroff? Yeah. Yeah, I, she's so good. I, oh, my God, dude. I, I swear I felt so good about the game until all that came. <laughs> until, you she know, popped that feet. Yeah. Her ass. <laughs> oh, dude, it was, it was bananas. Um, oh, yeah. Like, her spell is amazing. Yeah, I, I I was very impressed with Infernos. I think Privateer Press outdid themselves. I'm, I won't say outdid themselves, but they did a very good job of balance and strength. Um, I see, I, I do see the flaw in the, in, in the army now. I um, I think if I would have dropped Makeda uh, three, I think honestly, I think I would have won that game. Um, but dropping Exalted was the worst thing. And, and let me tell you what I did. I walked up to the table. You know, like I said, Max is my buddy. So he shows me his list. I'm like, Max, I don't know what any of this is. He just laughed at me. So I picked up two dice and rolled off on which list I should play against. That's just fair. I, I had no idea what to drop. But um, he said I played a good game. He felt like I didn't do anything wrong, which says a lot because, like I said, Max is very skilled. But uh, I just was outmatched. I did not know those little dudes with the big claws had flight, uh, which – you know, there's no wings or a jet pack or, or any other thing that would make you think um, think that. But that was able to get assassination or chef fairly easy. So um, after that, when I, I dropped, um, there was no reason to continue. I, I, in hindsight, I probably should have stayed in because I was two and two at that time. But um, I just was a little a little a little dismayed after uh, finding out the hard way what Infernos did. Um, so two lists I just want to just highlight real quick, uh, which is Matt's that infernal list is, is bananas. Uh, he actually made it to uh, the final cut on Sunday, and he did fairly well. I think he ended up losing to I want to say it was maybe Brandon Andrews. I, I don't remember who. Don't so don't 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 make me lie to you. But also my buddy Brad uh, Brad Henderson from Nashville from my meta. Uh, he's playing a Gareth two list that's. It's been, oh my God. I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to talk about it. I probably should. And if you guys twist my arm enough, I probably would. But um, it, that list was just crazy, man. I think he, overall, over the weekend, he went eight and two. Um, he he was nice. born. The t- oh, man. That, I'm telling you, I, I, I fear for people who are not prepared for his list. So, but that that was getting the kind of great event. Um, I already forgot who won it. Uh, oh, I, uh, it was a rep player. Um, 
I can't remember his name though, but uh, check him out. I'm pretty sure it's already up on Discount Games. All right, Red One. Uh, but also to let listeners know, Damon did put up that poll uh, on who's the best Minority Report member, and to no shock, Damon smashing like the rest of us, like Noah Tomorrow. Obviously, Damon's the favorite. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. It's been up for all of fifteen minutes. Exactly. I mean, Isaiah, I mean, you got. He already has like thing. ten votes. I have five. Uh, Isaiah had one. Terrence, you have one, but I think it's a mistake. I want to check into that. <laughs> right, Terrence. So, I I should not be losing to Terrence. Nothing else. I'll lose. This to is the thing. The Terrence fans will rally. I mean, I'm hearing crickets, so there must not be no fans out there. I'm just just putting that I out mean, there. I know I at least got two votes. You know what I'm saying? Did you even hear crickets? I, mean, uh, right, I got I two votes. I know I, I got at least two. Because I know Isaiah, I'm probably Isaiah's favorite host. Damon, I know I'm Damon's favorite host. Ooh, man, t- like Damon, this this boy is like on the greatest of highs right now. Delusional. <laughs> Hey, I had a burrito before the podcast. So I'm pretty, I'm feeling pretty high. Look, I don't, I don't need to know about all that, bro. <laughs> but yeah, so it sounds like we had a, a lot of great games going on. And then now with the the new theme remix out, change up the list, change up play styles, and see what new things we can start making for the upcoming rest of the year and the future of War Machine. So with uh, Gen Con right around the corner. I know me and Terrence got a lot of plans on uh, bringing you guys some interesting information. Uh, got some talks with some pretty big people about uh, War Machine, about Riot Quest, about Monpoc. Is that right, Terrence? Yes. So hopefully we get you guys uh, some really interesting type of information. You know, we try to make it. You know, the mouth of, you know, the casual and the competitive crew. You know, try and get some information that everyone wants to hear. Hopefully some positive, upbeat news. Uh, information that makes people definitely interested in trying out some bigger things. Um, you know, be excited for the new things coming around the horizon. So, hopefully bring you guys that at Gen Con. And you know what? If you guys see us, come by. Please say hi. You know, we definitely want to intermingle with as many people we can. And we don't care who you are, casual and competitive. No, come by and talk to us. No, give us some ideas you guys like to hear on the podcast. And we can definitely try and work that out. But uh, outside of that, you know, at Gen Con, we got, um, as we talked about before, we got Riot Quest coming out. Uh, For those who don't know, it's a bit of a post-apocalyptic arena-style grid-based game. Um, So you get a group of five heroes quote-unquote um that you use to battle each other out with another player um there's only the one box so if two people buy the box it's gonna be all the same character um but there will be more individual characters to buy at gen con um and all these characters do have rules in war machine and hordes uh depending on the faction they belong to so uh even if you may not be interested in buying Riot Quest, uh, you may be able to use some of these models in your faction. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for that. You know, I, I found it kind of interesting because I was looking at some of the models. That new Gorman guy looks kind of cool. You know, I saw Gorman, and 
I actually prefer the original because the new one mostly just it's a spray, but he has like an acid spray. He has weekend and I think he has one other one, but I think I'm more interested in the original one because of black oil and rust, like the applications that I can utilize it for, I feel are a little bit better. Um, but the gun mage guy definitely has my interest. Um, like just for like a fun AD, shoots out four shots, all with gun types. I'm like, where's my cane two love? Like he still has to pay for his gun types. This guy just gets four right off the bat with AD. And Pathfinder. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, but there's a lot of cool models. Uh, we'll definitely be going over them in depth in another episode. But uh, there's some interesting applications. So if you guys haven't seen them, uh, definitely check out in War Room with the new update. They should all be there. Or if you uh, want to see kind of like physical cards, you can check out the, the PP uh, card database. Uh, they should be uploaded up there as well. Um, outside of that, if you guys haven't already figured out the... The new theme remix rules will be used at Gen Con um, since it was released on this Friday. Uh, so if you guys haven't already swapped over your list and updated them, make sure to do so uh, for the new events. Hold up. I thought they said they wouldn't. Uh, no. In the, they released a thing on Thursday or Friday that they will be using the new rules. It was like... Okay. Yeah, it was like the day before... Uh, the information was dropped or the day of I can't remember but I know uh, Travis posted it sounds good yep um, and outside of that uh, of course they have the, the August and the September releases coming out um, and then if you guys haven't signed up for any events, you know, there's always the Masters, the Champions, uh, I believe there's Caster Draft, and is there Who's the Boss this year? Do you guys know? I have no idea. I don't yeah, remember seeing it. Say that again, Damon? I don't remember seeing it. Oh, Okay. All right, but yeah, um, you guys haven't signed up for any events yet. Uh, usually there's a spot or two open the day of, uh, so pick up any generic tickets. Probably get there early when they start doing the registration. Usually Travis will direct you on how he'll take care of uh, additional people coming in. But uh, Terrence, do you have any other excitement for Gen Con coming through? Um, no, I'm just, I'm just really excited. Uh the new themes, I think that makes it a little bit better because originally I thought it was all the old themes. So with the new stuff, that's going to make it even more better. Uh, I'm excited to pick up uh, the Archons. Uh, and, man, I'm real, super excited about Oblivion. Oh, yeah, we didn't. I didn't even mention that. Yeah, so Oblivion will also be there. Um, I'm assuming everyone already knows, but if you don't, uh, Oblivion is essentially the, the next story section of War Machine. Um, there's a narrative campaign, uh, for two to four players, comes with a set of cards, comes with a new, uh, updated rulebook, and also comes with the Hermit, uh, model. Hermit of Hingehold. Yep, Hermit of Hingehold. Uh, it's a really good model. Um, it can be used by every faction, and he is a 
uh, partisan for Retribution and Infernals, if I'm correct. But, Sounds uh, right. But yeah. So, uh, for, so. Yeah, he has three abilities. Uh, well, one of his abilities is that he has the rule of the, the Minoth book, where he can only take one point of damage um, at a time, unless you apply uh, something like a Deadly Shot, which automatically applies three points of damage. So it's going to take five hits to bring him down. Um, he can also negate a damage roll uh, once per game for someone within eight inches of him. Um, and then for his three magic abilities, he has telemetry, uh, which is plus two to magic attack rolls for friendly models, targeting a model within five inches of him. Uh, Masters of Ruin, which is on the Wanderer for Grimkin. Or there's one of the casters. Uh, essentially, it's minus two armor for everyone, both enemy and friendly, within five inches of him. Um, and I can't remember what his last ability is. Uh, his last ability is the horrors lose one essence. Oh yeah, yeah, against against Horus. And then also if he if he if he dies, uh doesn't uh, like all essence go away within his command range or something? I think. You know what? There's this thing called War Room that kind of just answers yeah, all these questions for us. I don't know about the dies thing. I'm looking at War Room now. And I don't see Yeah. yeah, Dark Prophecy. So when this model is destroyed by an enemy attack, enemy models in its command range lose their essence points, cannot cast spells, channel spells, or be forced. Oh, wow, I didn't realize he stops forcing. Holy shit. That's, uh... Dude, this command is freaking eight inches. That's actually kind of <laughs> ball-busting. Like, against hordes? That's that's very interesting. I didn't realize that. Like, I thought it was pretty much like he screwed over essence. I didn't realize he affected forcing, too. Listen. I see running him into the middle of stuff and shooting him in the back. He has to be destroyed by enemy, right, enemy attack. Doggone, it's not raining on my parade, fellas. Hey, look, play fair. Play fair, Damon. <laughs> hey, Damon, but I'm telling you, until I ran that, I don't think about doing the same thing. I don't have to run this dude in front of stuff. You don't kill him. Dude, I'm telling you, man. I might even throw him at you. You're like, <laughs> right? Deal with him. He's coming right at you guys. All right. Well, so we have a lot of hype stuff coming up for Gen Con. And, you know, we've been talking about a bunch with this new theme remix. What's our thoughts? Uh, you know what, Damon? Why don't you take it first? So what's your general overview of the the changes? So, you know... I, I'm a bit fan. Uh, requisition points are, are crazy good. Loving the new format. Um, I love the simplicity as well as the, uh, the uh, I guess you can say, the, the simplicity of the complication that we can do with our, with our list now. Um, I do believe, even though a lot would argue, that th there's a good, I think every faction has improved because of the theme. I think some probably could have, you know, use a little bit, a little bit more tweaking, but overall, I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased. I'm, I'm very happy with the direction uh, of these themes and, and how the game's going to change. And hopefully, I mean, the players who's been, you know, uh, on the frills or, or the, uh, or the fringe of the game, um, this rejuvenates them and, and, and get them excited about the game again. 
So I'm excited. Like I've already started rebuilding lists under the new, and I'll be honest with you, I, my lists are better. <laughs> I mean, leaps and bounds are better. They're more efficient. Um, but you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going, I'm not going to say that there, there's a couple of things that I, I wish would have been a little different, but I, you can most definitely tell that PP put a lot of thought and effort into these and, and it shows. So I'm happy. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's a lot of positive change here, especially for something that we didn't know about. Um, Cause you know, a lot of people were kind of griping when they announced that CAD was going to be put on hold. So we expected kind of no changes coming within like probably the rest of this year, to be honest with you. Um, and then all of a sudden they're like, Hey guys, we got a massive change coming up. Plus we're going to do a dynamic update of a bunch of change. We're like, okay, this seems good. No complaints now. Um, yeah. And all in all, I'm happy uh, looking through all of Signar. I'm super stoked. I can play Rangers again. Yes. Um, there's uh, there's some, you know, negative feedback on some things, but um, for a lot of people, as I say, like one, Everything we got here, um, including the dynamic update, you know, there's some wishing this guy changed or this guy changed. Well, for the scope of these changes, it's massive. Not only do we get a dynamic update, which, you know, changed a few things, drops a few costs, but we got this theme change that allowed us to have a lot more freedom on how we play our lists. Um, and that's a massive bonus for a lot of us um, because we can now tweak these lists without having to try to quote-unquote maximize for free points we can just play it and just get free stuff um so i'm actually super excited um and then hopefully once the creativity flows out of people we see some new stuff emerging um and then we can start seeing you know where the game will take us from there terrence what's your thoughts um overall i'm, I'm really happy about the whole like like david said Ever since Friday, I've been remaking all of my lists, uh, just trying to see how I can make the list better. And I think overall, for the most part, they are all better. Um, I, I mean, granted, like just like I think, just like a lot of people, I think we all see that overall this is a good thing. Um, there are some things I don't have liked to see, or some slight changes that I don't really understand. But at the end of the day, I'm 90, 95 percent happy with with the change. So. Overall, I think I think we're going in the right direction. Okay, yeah, I I'm super stoked for it. Um, so we'll see once I would say after a couple months we'll see how the meta has evolved um, and gone from there. I think uh, it's probably what we're hoping to see and what PP is hoping to see. You know, because um, this is a huge shakeup, um, even despite uh, the dynamic update. This change that re. The themes makes things a lot easier. Also, it makes things easier for newer players um, because, you know, something we talked about earlier was that, you know, people have to build for, quote-unquote, these free points. Now people can go for a style they like and guess 100% just play how they want, and then they'll just get free stuff just for playing it. Um, so this almost feels like we're going back into the, the Mark One, Mark Two days where I can kind of just build lists how I like and then just get to pick the benefit, get the, the extra little free stuff that I want. Thoughts, Terrence, on that? You think uh, yeah, new players would like that? Dude, I think the requisition system at the end of the day is hands down better because I think what it does it allows the thing that I think the game lost there for a while is that customization, right? And at the end of the day, I think even in Mark Two, 
there's a lot of people that did copy the list building. I know I did, I've been guilty of doing it before in the past, but you know, sometimes I come up with my own thing. But the thing about it was you can take somebody's list online and kind of tailor it to what you, cause you're like, Oh, that's a nice idea, but I just don't like this. I don't like that. Well, the things made it hard for you to do that. Right. Like you said, because you were trying to maximize points. Well, now that I don't have to maximize points, I can kind of tailor that list a little bit more to my play style compared to somebody else. Cause I know one of the things, even, even being a mental player, I was running into problems with was a lot of men off list were playing fairly conservative, controlling, and I don't really, I'll kind of play aggressive control, which is a little bit different. But now with with the requisitions, I can tailor that list. I know the, I know I can tailor that list however I want. I mean, I stayed up Friday night till probably like one or two o'clock in the morning just messing with lists, and that felt good. Yeah, no, it's been a long time since I actually just decided to sit down and just make lists. And I used to do that a lot during Mark 1 and Mark 2, just randomly just think about these creative different ideas I want to do. They may not be good, but you know what? They're models I want to put on the table, try some interesting stuff. And you know what? Now I can do that. Now, I, as I said before, like I feel like I'm back in Mark 1 Mark 2 where I can just play just dumb, fun things that I want to play and not lose out on anything because I want to play fun and um, creative. So I'm... Very extremely happy with this surprise by PP when they announced it. Damon, any last thoughts you have on it? Yeah, I mean, most definitely. I mean, it gives us an opportunity to re re uh, reestablish ourselves in the game, right? Uh, to explore lists that we've already been playing for the last couple of years and reinvent those um balance those out um and like terrence was saying lists that you've probably seen and you're like man i like that but but or and and now you can you can explore those things so you know if anything man stop focusing on the negative make it work for yourself um there's just so many opportunities it's just like like you guys said it's so funny building a list and like, oh i can do that oh my god i can do that now um, I'm finding space in lists that before I was chumping a bit trying to figure out how, how to optimize it or, or making it more efficient. But now, I mean, it's coming a little bit more easier. Oh, yeah. Definitely like that. All right. So, Terrence, I'm, I'm going to let you make this decision. So, do you want to talk about the, the new Archons or do you want to go into the dynamic update? So... I'm going to reserve all conversation for Archons until I actually play an Archon. Man. So let's talk about the dynamic update. Man, you a buzzkill. Like, okay. Look, I'm just saying. Hey, I want to Initial impression, sir. That's all it is. Initial impression. Because I have a lot of initial impressions about the Morrowind one. Okay, because I got a lot of initial impressions about the Midnight one. We can okay, do Archons. All right, all right. We already, right. but hold on, hold on. Listen, Isaiah, do us both a favor. Let's skip the archives because this man about, you know, his pedestals are preaching to the masses on how terrible his archive is. I don't, I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's terrible. Good. Because I actually kind of like him. All right. So, okay. So, um, you do? Okay. All right. So, Terrence, last yes. call. Since I did ask you, 
Do you want to do Archons or you want to do Dynamic Update? We can do Archons. Okay. All right, so we're going to do Archons. Uh, we'll, we'll jump to yours last because it sounds like you've got some, some feelings to let loose. So uh, so let's talk about the Mr. Primal Archon. Um, so for our listeners, he's one of three Archons that will be out at Gen Con this year. Uh, so you have the Primal, the Mennite, and the Marwin Archon. Uh, come near the end of the CID for when the Archons were released, uh, the biggest thing about the Primal Archon was that it stopped uh, placing within like 10 inches uh, within its command of 10 inches, uh, and that got nerfed down. Uh, so a lot of people are com- interested to see if it would come back, if it would be brought back but just nerfed, or what we got. All right, so jumping into it, so we have the Primal Archon. Uh, he's a C- speed 6, uh, strength 10. Uh, he's a mat 8, uh, rat 3. He has no range attacks. Uh, defense 12, armor 19. Uh, Command 10 with Pathfinder and Tough, and he's on a large base. Uh, He has a horn that's a power 15 magical, two claws that are power 14, and he has 18 hitboxes. So right off the bat, like him being speed 6 and mat 8, it's pretty beefy. Um, I'm still surprised that this big heavy rock dude is a speed 6 mat 8. Well, I mean, he is a, a I mean, a, you know, like a, a demigod. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, but like the Dooney was like, what, speed five? But she's a smaller, she's a smaller chicken, does different things, so. Yeah, she purely support, though. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely a beater. So, uh, so he's, he is a minion, obviously. Uh, he works for Circle, Grimkin, Legion, and Trollbloods. He's a partisan for Circle, so he was included in a Circle army. Um, he is counts as a Circle model. Um, so for his abilities, he has counter charge. Um, so if you in within in your if you advance and in your move within six inches of him and land of sight, he can charge. Um, he can only charge once per round and also while he's not engaged. Um, so charging at a power fifteen may not be sound like the greatest, but we'll get into why uh, it can be pretty strong. Um, as an archon, he has a divine manist- uh, manifestation rule, so he is not a living model, can't be knocked down, never suffers blind. And opponents cannot take control over him. Uh, this is very important. Once again, it gives him many of effects against control. So obviously, no type of uh, mind controlling effects. He can't be, you know, knocked down, blinded. So definitely some interesting abilities. Um, he has hyper regen. So he beginning of his activation, he does heal D three. Um, reality anchor. Reality anchor now is that enemy models cannot be summoned within this model's command range. Um, so as of right now, it looks like it's just Infernal stuff. Because um, I can't think of anything else that summons. I don't think the well even summons. I think he just places a model for the circle well. So I think right now we're just stopping summoning within this command range. Um, so Damon, so on, on this ability, since you fought... Infernals. I haven't fought Infernals yet. I'm not sure if Terrence has. Um, having a model that stops summoning within 10 inches, do you feel like that's a very strong ability against Infernals? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Infernals have so much offensive output. Um, I mean, they have a 10-man unit with, I believe, range 10, power 12s. 
with combined range. So the question is, will he live there long enough <laughs> to uh, for his ability to take effect? So if you can hide it, um, you know, yeah, I mean, most definitely will be helpful. Okay. Um, I mean, he is a large base, so it's not too, too easy to hide, but he's defense 12, armor 19 with 18 hitboxes. So he is a pretty beefy boy. Um, so then he does, for his next ability, um, and this is one that's kind of gotten some talk, uh, is Rolling Earth. Um, so when a model, enemy model advances and enemy's movement within three inches of him, uh, the model suffers Shadow Bind. Um, so this means any models that want to um, engage him can't move away from him. So it would be with Repo, um, Sidestep, Berserk, if there's other models, uh, sorry, not Berserk, Overtake, if any models near him. Um, so it, it could be an interesting ability. Um, I mean, Counter Charge allows him to get up the board and he can be engaging other stuff. Um, I don't know. I have to see how Ruling Earth gets utilized. Um, and then lastly, he does have Sturdy, uh, where he can't be pushed. Um, so once again, he has a lot more control denial abilities built, built into him. And then for his weapons, um, his claws have feedback. But on top of that, all three of his weapons, both claws and the horn, um, have Earthshaker and its stability on the wood, uh, whatever the colossal is called again, uh, or a circle. Old Wrath, um, where when he um, <clears throat> hits the model, place a four inch AOE on that model, and then all models under that AOE are knocked down. So when countercharging, you can actually countercharge a model, and if you hit them and that model doesn't have steady, you immediately knock them down and that model can't make attacks anymore. Um, it does apply to all models, so be careful you could hit your own models. Um, but it does, can deny uh, your opponent some damage outputs if they're trying to go in and kill something and you just straight deny them. So, this is interesting for eight points. Uh, Terrence, what's your thoughts on the Primal Archon? Um, I really like him. I think he's an interesting ad, like you said. Um, protecting him could be a little hard, but I think overall he's really interesting. Um, I like to see him on the table, like you said, but I'm really excited about him. Damon, thoughts? Damon? Oh, oh I think we lost him. Okay. Um, so, my thoughts on him, um, be it playing as a circle player, um, he's definitely an interesting kind of centerpiece if I don't have, um, like, I might take him in Bones, maybe, uh, depending on what I'm running, as this nice center control piece. Um, since a lot of stuff in Bones already has steady, so I'm not worried about the AoE for clipping any of my models. Um, but, you know, stopping any heavy coming in on my guys, knocking them down, and then now my opponent not only has to worry about trying to moving around his head, or around the heavy I knocked down to attack the model he's going after. Um, now he has a, model, a heavy that's just sitting out in the wind that's probably just about to die. So on trade purposes, I mean, I kind of just auto just trade up without losing anything since he sent something in 
and now it's just flat on his ass. Yeah, I mean, that countercharging is a really good control. Uh, and the fact that you can't knock him down to stop him from doing it is always it's, it's kind of interesting. All right, so now we have the Marin Archon. So this one, on top of the, well, I would say the Primo, the Marwan, and the Minoth one probably got the most talk during CID, um, via both for buffs, nerfs, and everything else. Um, as mentioned with the Primo, it was all about that stopping placement effects, um, but that got removed. Mostly they probably felt like it was too strong or controlled too much of the board, especially with them being Command 10, um, and taking two of them, kind of just denying a whole board. Um, because it also stops some feats, some abilities, and certain other things. So, um, I'm fine with that. Now, come to Marwan Archon. The biggest thing about this boy was um, him gaining awe and him having the rule Guardian Angel. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. So, uh, Marwan Archon, he is a speed 6, uh, strength of 8, mat 8, rat 3, uh, defense 14, armor 18, also with a command of 10. Uh, he has flight, and he's also on a large base. Um, he has two weapons. He has a holy spear, uh, has a power 15, blessed magical, and he has a shield that is also blessed magical. Um, so it puts up his armor up to armor 20, and he comes with 10, uh, sorry, 12 hitboxes. Uh, so higher armor, not as many hitboxes, um, but definitely has greater maneuverability because of flight. Um, so from the front, looks like doesn't do as much damage as as the big guy uh, with him only having one power 15 and then one power 12. Um, so he will work for Kuspagar, Signar, and Kador. Um, he has an animosity towards Menite models because we all know no one cares about Menoth. Marl sucks, but I mean, uh, the creator sucks. You get that backwards. Yeah, the creator sucks. Minos, the creator, sucks. Uh, he's a part of the Signar model. Um, so obviously, if he joins the Signar list, he is a Signar model for friendly faction buffs. Um, so instead of Awe, uh, which was in his command range, uh, living enemy models, what's up, minus two to their attack rolls, he now has Blinding Radiance, while within five inches of his model, enemy models with line of sight to this model, separate minus two to attack. So it's a it's much smaller area, but he now applies it to all enemy models, not just living. Um, and I'm feeling that probably all on a model that's eight points, you take two of them that can just fly around the board and apply this debuff um, while standing behind your infantry and everything else can be kind of backbreaking. Um, so I'm not surprised that all got toned down, and I'm perfectly fine with him getting Blinding Radiance. Um, he does have Divine Inspiration. Uh, so he gains additional die on his melee attack and melee damage rolls. Drop the lowest. So it does help curve out his attacking and damage. Uh, once again, he has a Divine, Manif divine Manifestation rule. Um, he then picked up Shield Guard and lost Guardian Angel. Um, the difference here is Guardian Angel was, while he was base-to-base -base with a model, he could infinitely Shield Guard. And I think it also applied to sprays, too. Um, and that was... Definitely something that needs to go away. Like an infinite shield guard is not something no one should have. Um, it definitely causes some imbalance, especially if you can park it behind like uh, a colossal. Um, in your shooting faction, like you'll never be able to take out 
to Archon, who's behind the Colossal. Um, and that Archon can be given Arcane Shield, so now he's armor 23, and he's just taking all these shots consistently. So getting Shield Guard was something that probably needed to happen. Um, he does have Soul Ward, um, and this was the new change coming the Oblivion CID, because um, before um, you could control where souls went with Soul Ward, right? Because um, now it just stops enemy models from getting souls from your own models. Yeah, they, they, that was a big thing, right? Yep, that was a big thing. Because this affected not only the Archons, but also other models who had Soul Ward. So it's the Supreme Guardian, I think Zol 1 or 2, whichever one. 2. 2, okay. So yeah, so it, it toned down a lot of those abilities. Um, also, I think it also affected some Minoff casters as well. Um, uh, it's just, uh, it was just a testament, I think. Testament, yeah. Okay, and then lastly on his abilities, he has uh, Bet Leader Morrow models. Um, obviously, we do have the new Flame the Darkness theme, uh, Thamara and Morrowind, so he definitely fits in there to give a, an attack boost to all those guys. And then both of his weapons have Crit Blind. Um, so it's a nice effect. It is a crit, um, but with something like Blind um, on an 8-point model, it probably definitely should be a crit uh, with how fast and how maneuverable the model is. So, uh, Damon, since you left us now back, what's your thoughts on the Morrow and Archon? I have none. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I haven't really been keeping up with him since I, I really can't use him in, in, in the army show I'm playing. Man, we just talked about the model. I mean, from what you share, I mean, he's cool, but once again, I mean, I don't have no use for him. Huh. Sorry, man. Man, y'all, y'all can. Terrence, you got the same answer, I'm assuming? No, I can use him. I mean, I, does he work for Crucible Gore? Um, I like his abilities. I like what he does. I'm not, I have to see. I, I think, to me, I think this kind of, I'll say this again later on. The Prime Archon and Void Archon on paper look amazing at what they do. All the other ones, I think you have to see them on the table before you really make a good judgment or whatnot, what you're going to do with them. Okay. And that's fair. Um, like, via what I've read so far, I actually, I actually like the model. I mean, is he ball-busting? No. Uh, do I feel like I'll get use out of him? Sure. Like, I've already put him in some of my heavy metal list because I can take Morrowind models in it. Um, and he's a nice, big solo that can definitely hold some areas. Um that I don't have to commit jacks to for my heavy metal theme. Um, so I find them interesting. So, Terrence, do you want to take it away on the, the Midnight Archon? I, I can. This show don't be a takeaway. All right. Let's, let's, let's see how you burn the bridges here. I mean, so, all right. Speed 6, Strength 9, Matt 8, Rat 3, which doesn't matter. Defense 13, Armor 19. One pile, uh, one pile 15, one pile 13 that has a chain weapon, both continuous fire and magical. Uh, protector model will work with Kato or Protectorate. Uh, animosity, Morrowind and Thermorites, so you won't work with uh, Morrowind and Thermorites. He has Ashenvale. He has Divine Inspiration. 
divine manifestation. He had fuel the flame, which is the same thing that's on hand of judgment. Uh, Fjord's Jack, which is plus two to fire damage rolls while within fire inches of him. Uh, Righteous Fury, which is if you uh, kill a friendly faction model during this model, uh, sorry, while in this model command range, this model gains plus two attack and strength for one round. Uh, Soul Ward, Swift Vengeance, which is he gets to make a move. Uh, he kills something within five inches. He gets to make a three-inch move and a basic attack during the maintenance phase. His sword has dispel. His flail has rigorous wounds and thresher. So that is the Morrowind Archon. Okay, so before Terrence gets on his his rampage, and I know Damon can't use it, um, so. My thoughts on the model. Um, first thoughts is the model looks cool. Um, his actual model actually looks pretty cool. Um, damage output is similar to that of the uh, Marwan Archon. Um, the other bonus, however, is that he's more about kind of getting uh, near troops. Kind of like the, the Faithful Masses kind of feel. Um, where something dies with like with Paladins, uh, the theme benefit and everything else. That if, if a trooper dies within... Um, X amount of inches of him, he's gained. He gained buffs from it, so he gets so, plus two to his. Okay, go for a chance. So one thing I did forget to mention: he is a mercenary model, and he has fifteen boxes. Correct. So, yep. So all all of the archons are mercenary minion, but they do have a uh, well, not all of them, but most of them have a partisan to a faction. So for this guy, um, essentially the big thing about him is that he is your he is intended to be a beater. Um, so as things die, um, a model dies within him, he gets stronger. He then gets to make an extra move, make an extra attack off of it, and then he gets to do his thing. Uh, plus he threshes, so he can also uh, possibly hit a bunch of models uh, with the power of 15 thresher um, and grievous wounds. So the only thing on the model I feel might be a bit lacking is just if you could use like rapid strike to get an extra swing in there, but um, that would probably be it. All right, Terrence, let's hear it. Look, at the end of the day, right? Look, I'm not I'm not saying the dude is bad. What I'm saying is when I look at him on paper, I'm not really excited about him. And we've mentioned this before. So as 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 when you get to play a men off, right? So he's allowed in two men off things right now. So he is allowed in faithful masses, and he is allowed in creator's might. So in faithful masses, he's a real tough ass to play because in faithful masses, he's going up against some of the best eight point, probably one of the best eight point models. Arguably one of the best eight point models in this game, and that's the champion of the Order of the Wall. And that's fair. So, and then you're talking about if, and he's really expensive for kind of for Faithful Masses, who is a theme force that really kind of wants to just flood the board with a bunch of dudes and just see if you can kill them all. And especially with the dynamic update now, right? They changed Harbinger. So she can't martyr to him. 
So now that means Harbinger most likely won't take him because she can't martyr them, the guy. Probably um, for good reason. And, and, and I, I, I'm not fine with that. I, it's, it's fine that she can't martyr them. But I don't know. And kind of like what you say, I don't know. The fact that he has grievous wounds is the one thing I think that really helps him. I was kind of looking for him because they, they kind of mentioned him in the, when they kind of started talking about him. He's supposed to be like this beat stick melee type guy. And he just has two attacks. And I don't know that that doesn't come off like you said, rapper strike or something. I don't know if he's good. I don't know if he's bad. I I am going to buy him simply because the model looks amazing to me. I do want to try him in a couple of lists to see what I think uh, in Creators Might. I mean, in Creators Might, he's okay. He's a good solo to probably score a flag or something, or something that you could use, right? Um, it's just interesting on it's kind of weird what you do with him, right? I, I just don't know I don't know what when you take him. The problem I think in Menoth, and this is something I know me and you have talked about before, Isaiah, and I think me and Damon have talked about it as well. Menoth is stacked with amazing solos. And a lot of those amazing solos don't even get played. So when you have a, a roster of amazing solos that can all go into all these different themes, and now you bring me one that is, let's say, even if we say just as amazing as the other ones, but he's three points higher. It's, it, it just becomes an interesting conundrum. So you, you mentioned something that I'm also looking at, too. So for the Mario Narcon, like, I initially didn't know where I wanted to put him until I looked at the Jack theme where I don't have any good quality solos to set on a flag or be aggressive to take, like, my opponent's flag or to kind of be up on a flank. And I think for you guys, for creators, this might be a good place for him to be because that's where you can take him um, as that quality solo because it's probably the only thing where you don't have a quality solo. Um, like, sure, he may be, you know, eight points, but I think he can pretty well hold his own Um without any major buffs. I mean, you can put an upkeep on him first turn. I mean, he does have Ash and Bale, so, you know, he's defense 15. Um, but yeah, outside of that, though, um, and the other themes, like for his point cost and for the quality of solos that, you know, you have and I have, um, it's a bit of a hard sell in, in those situations. Um, right, yeah, I, I completely agree. Now, if they took... Here's a problem in the creator's might. They put a water in creator's might. So if they took the water out of creative might, he's probably the best solo in creative might. But the water's there. Right, but the water's but the water's job is different from his. Like the water is being next to the caster. Where not he, always. Sure, yeah. but but he but he's not gonna be like zooming zooming off all over the board. Plus here you have an Archon who has flight, um, no knockdown, can't be blinded. Like he's definitely a lot more solo than the water is. Granted, he is. The thing that he you can't beat on the water is inhuman resolve. He's a dude that you can stick in the zone, stick next to the flag, and your opponents literally are not going to score for two turns. Sure. But once again, though, the, the ability to re- still trigger him dead 
is a lot easier than trying to kill the Minoth Archon. Correct. Sure. But he's five points. I'd rather mm-hmm. deal with the uh, Archon than that, that stupid dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All day, every day. <laughs> At least I know when he's dead, he's dead. For real. That's what I'm saying. In human resolve on a water, I can, I can almost get two waters for the price of one Archon. Sure, you can. I agree. And, and now granted, like I said, Isaiah, I think we need to reserve. I, I, I know personally, I need to reserve the judgment on the final judgment on them until I play him. That's right. He may do something amazing. I, but like he's like similar to you, when you look at him on paper and you're supposed to have gotten this big combat solo, it doesn't seem to me like he's that great of a combat solo. First of all, he needs somebody to die to trigger half his stuff. Oh yeah, I completely agree. He he has the the faithful masses as said before play style where things die and then everything else gets buffed. Correct. And that but, means that your opponents control when you get your buff. Correct. So so the question is is that how does he look without the buffs? Oh, is is my best answer here is that without without his plus two plus two and without the extra movement and attack. Um, can he still do what he needs to do? That's the problem, though, Isaiah. What does he? What does he need to do? Well, no, no. I'm saying, like, for for whatever you put in the list, for I'm just saying that's, that's essentially the the best way to kind of look at the model is that instead of you know he has all the that needs a model to die, but you know sometimes you'll get to that point where you don't have a model around him. So, is he worth? Is will he still make up his points without those buffs? Or is he pigeonholed into needing a model to die in order to really actually be worth his points? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's... I don't... Like, that's what I said. I, you got to see him on the table. Oh, yeah. But the thing about it is, I don't know, even with the buffs, if he gets his points back. Because he can't kill a light. No. Because he only gets two swings. <laughs> yes. So, like, the only way he'll get three swings if that model's within, what, five inches of him because he moves three and then gets one swing but yes. then that, at that point he's not really charging i mean he might be able to get a charge off depending on the angle so and yeah so the the thing about him having a plus two to fire damage rolls that's great but his attacks are continuous fire not fire type correct i mean he'll never get he'll he himself won't get that benefit because it won't correct. It won't ever affect him only thing I, the one thing i can see that he potentially does is he goes in he hits something twice. It's on a few boxes. Now you take a power 14 fire check. If the fire doesn't go out. Would it be interesting if he... No, that'd probably be too strong if fire can't go out within X amount of range of him. I, I, I don't know what you change. He yeah. is what he is. And whatever he's going to do, he's going to do it. I doubt the EPP is going to come back and say... We got to look at this guy. He's a little bit lackluster. That's not going to happen for a while. Right. But at the end of the day, I I don't I have a hard time for determining on paper what his purpose is and what do I need him to do. The biggest thing, like I said, the biggest thing is, is that he has, he is another source for grievous wounds in Minoff, which in and of itself is great. 
but he only can do it to one thing. Yep, I agree. So once you know, once we actually put them on the board and see what they actually do via numbers wise and stuff like that, we'll we'll give a more fair assessment of the archons. So, but initial thoughts is you know they're good, they look interesting, but we have to see them on the table to to give a, a proper answer. I agree with that assessment. All right, I'm glad y'all agree with me. Only this one time. <laughs> a broken clock is is right twice a day. <laughs> he is not wrong. Um, all right, so let's jump into the dynamic update. Um, so we'll just go into the order that is listed on uh, the PP website. Um, most of these dynamic updates stuff that he kind of talked about during Oblivion, where most of it is some tag changes, uh, but there were a few other changes that were made uh, because of some removals. Uh, sorry, the removal of hills in the game. So a lot of wording had to get changed. Um, so uh, let's kind of jump right into it. Uh, so for Signar, um, Captain Allison Jakes uh, gained the Morrowind tag. Um, so a bunch of Signar models got added the Morrowind tag for the Morrowind theme, um, which also includes uh, all three versions of Striker. So Striker 1, 2, and 3. And uh, Maddox also got the Morrowind tag. Uh, the first model that to get a change of a, in some way was uh, Siege 2, because Siege 2 had a uh, high ground square where he made a hill. So since hills are removed from the game, um, the ability now reads, uh, place a 4-inch AoE anywhere completely within the spellcaster's control range. Uh, the AoE remains in play as long as the upkeep is paid. While completely within the AoE, models gain plus 2 defense against ranged and magic attacks, and their ranged weapons gain Arcing Fire. Uh, so with Arcing Fire, when attacking with a weapon with Arcing Fire, a model can ignore intervening models except those within one inch of the target. So reading that, and I want your guys' thoughts, could they have just changed the benefit of Hills and kept them in the game to this? Or... Damon? Terrence? I mean... Most definitely, they could have simplified the rule, right? And, and the main rule is line of sight. <clears throat> but I think one thing you have to keep in mind, that's only part of the reason they did away with hills. Um, the other part is just the inability to have 2D, I mean, I'm sorry, 3D hills on the table without models falling all over the place. So could they have done something different? Absolutely. They could have done that, exactly that high ground. Um but on the other side of that is, is, is you know, our, our game has been suffering um, on, a, on a larger scale because of the lack of attractiveness of our tables because we're playing with cutouts. So I'm, I'm completely on board. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And that's cool. And, and once again, I just want, you know, the, the feedback on the thought because um, I, ex- I was expecting um, maybe like a different kind of change. But when I read it, I was like, oh, okay, that is a pretty simple fix to it um so i like it uh chance any thoughts on it i i kind of agree with damon uh, it was just part of the problem okay um i mean the, the, the thing about a heel dude and i don't know if you've done this with a new player right new player sits down and they see this heel i was like that's a heel it's like does it block line of sight and you 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 think it should it's a heel 
And then you say no. It's like, well, it's not a hill. Then it must be like a mound. It's not. If it's not a tall enough hill, to, so that you can't see a dude on the other side of it, if you still see the dude on the other side, that's not a hill. Right. Yeah, it was just, you know, the height of the hill and everything else, you know, <laughs> volumes, so on and so forth. Yeah, I agree. All right, so continuing on, uh, we have Ground Pounder from Siege 1. Uh, this mostly just removed its ability to uh, ignore elevation because things are, uh, elevation is gone. Um, Brickhouse, uh, Brickhouse mentioned for the change in Carapace. Um, so originally, Carapace gained... Um, a model plus four armor against ranged attack damage rolls and against free strike damage rolls. Um, now Carapace is just against ranged attack damage rolls, so they have removed the free strike bonus. So this this hurts this hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Uh, as a scoring player, um, they just reworked the points on the bugs. Uh, on a soldier and, and on Sentinel, and and now once again, I think they just systematically moved them to the back of the line again. Um, well, well, so and so my question here is that were the bugs really getting the the free strike benefit a lot? Like I feel like for them mostly it was just delivering the bugs more so than taking a free strike. That, that's most definitely true, but the Sentinels. Um, a lot of players, especially when they took Gunfighter off, you know, when it came out at CID, the mass, uh, the mass uh, update for Scorn, um, then you start answering it by tying it up. And so now, that hurts. That most definitely hurts the Sentinel more than it hurts the Soldier. But th that's my only problem. Um, I understand why they did it because of, you know, nine Slayers, <laughs> right? But, uh, I understand yeah. why they did it. The problem, child. You know, there's always well, exactly. So there's going to always be casualties when, when you're fixing, you know, when you're fixing a problem like that. Do I think it's a severe problem? Nah, because at the same, you don't see a whole lot of signals on the table anyway. Right. So. Okay. Um. All right. So going through the rest of it. So for Signar, a uh, few things went down in points. Uh, one thing I was surprised was Stormclad. It went down one point to seventeen. Um, that actually got a lot of people happy. Uh, of course, they mentioned the the colossal went down, so the hurricane went down to thirty five. Storm went down to thirty six. Um, Stormblades also went down to nine points, so hopefully, you know, they can maybe pop out a little bit more. But we're everyone's hoping for a nice little buff for Storm Knights, but we'll see if that comes a little bit later once um, the meta is kind of calmed down and we see what people are playing with now. Uh, Storm Smith Graders are down to six points, which I will still never play them because they hold no interest to me at all. Um, Storm Smith uh, Stormcallers lost the ability to ignore elevation because it's gone. Uh, Protectorate. Um, Terrence already mentioned it, but Martyr got changed to pretty much not be able to affect the the Archon. Um, that was pretty much the only real change there. Judicator went up a point. Yay. Avatar went up, went drop down. Yeah, he dropped down two points. Will that still allow him to see play? I don't know. <laughs> they didn't like, fix his biggest problem. His like, biggest, most men-off players didn't have We could have dealt. I think most men-offs, you would have saw him be played a little bit more often. The problem is not his points or anything. It's the fact that he's not in your battle group. Right. And, like, well, <laughs> but, like, so, like, 
Back during Mark 1, Mark 2, that being a shtick was okay because there wasn't any field marshal uh, field marshal abilities. There was less about the battle group, like I said, like Amon um, and stuff like that. Now in this edition, there's a lot more field marshal. There's a lot more battle group stuff. And because he's missing out on that, uh, it definitely downplays the value of the avatar. Um, so the so the problem here is that is 18 points too much for a model that can never get these battle group benefits. Not um, just not get the battle point battle point the battle group benefits. The problem is you can't you can't pay for him. Oh yeah, with, with your warjack war points. points. Yep. Now, if you could pay for them with warjack points, would you still pay for him at 18 points? I think you would. Okay. I think there's I think there's some casters if you could put warjack points like one of the biggest casters I think. They were really little to have him would be Vindictus, right? Because Vindictus doesn't want to feel a jack. No. But Vindictus also doesn't want to pay 20, 18 points for a jack. Yep, I agree. I mean, so, the, the requisition system may help fix some of it, but I, I don't know if that if that's gonna fix him. Yeah. But I feel like if if you could still if you could spend battle group points on Avatar, I think that would definitely help. I, I think I think he's one of those dudes that's kind of weird, right? He is. And I and I and I, I know what he's supposed to be in the fluff. He's supposed to be Minoff's personal Jack, right? Yep. Um, but you know they talk about Harbinger being the vessel for Minoff, right? Mm-hmm. And he talked about how Harbinger's not always being controlled by Minoff himself, right? Correct. So why don't they give Avatar that same type of treatment, right? He shouldn't always be. He's a Jack. You mean to tell me Minoff is taking the time to control this dude every time he goes somewhere? Uh, but you know, I think that was what it was like in the fluff. Like when they needed uh, the Avatar, like pretty much the Avatar was out doing what he needed to do, but it wasn't consistent. Like it was only at select times they would put the Avatar out. Yeah, like, like select times he would turn on and go out there and do something, right? Yeah. Well, then that sounds like to me, I get the start of the game, I get the roll of die. If it comes up a certain combination, I get to have Avatar on the board for a turn. You know what I'm saying? That right. doesn't sound like to me like it, it. It doesn't. His translation from fluff to actual gameplay is not working very well, in my opinion. Okay, now that's fair. Um, and he's probably another model that they're probably gonna keep their eye on because this was something that you know a lot of people are wanting to see more of. Like they want to play their Avatar because it's been sitting on the shelf since the beginning yeah. of Mark Three. I have a beautiful painted Avatar men off and. Yeah. That dude has never seen a table. I know. So hopefully he'll still start seeing the table either with the point drop cost or we'll see something change in an upcoming uh, developer update. Uh, so for Kador, um, Zerkova got the Thamorite update, uh, Thamorite uh, tag, uh, which allowed her to be played in the Marwin theme. Um, and then a few other things that changed for the elevation changes. Uh, point drops actually were a bit surprising. Uh, Yuri... Uh, got dropped down to five points. Cost sites are super cheap at six ten, um, and assault commandos, which I still don't think we'll ever see the light of day, um, are nine fifteens. Like cause I was, I think are interesting only because of the scenarios being more on the edge of the board. So ambush being a strong ability could see them just engaging stuff, um, controlling zones, or just tying up stuff, um, and they're super cheap at ten points. We'll see. Um, Cricks. Uh, things got cheaper, so their Colossals got a little bit cheaper. 
Uh, Morton Ebert, two. Um, her command range got increased to 12. And uh, looks like they did it just to kind of help her out with her feet. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, Rhett uh, got some point decreases. Um, really, can we just highlight that the Trident didn't change? <laughs> because that's uh, all I wanted. That's all I wanted. Yeah, the, the Trident fact, faction is still the Trident faction. Yeah, uh, we we'll talk about that when we talk about the themes. About you know, pretty much we should just call all the themes, um, all but one of the themes Trident themes, because um, only one of their themes can't take the Trident, and everyone's like, we don't play that theme anymore because it can't take the Trident. <laughs> that theme is officially dead, or right? <laughs> right. Um, so convergence, uh, things got cheaper. The prime conflux is now 33 points, so it's pretty cheap for a colossal. Jeff, I don't think anyone's gonna take it still. Like, it I didn't synergize with the army very well. Yeah, I don't think I've seen, I don't think I've ever seen him it played at all. Navy used to play, okay. I did. He, he, uh, He's most definitely um, <laughs> he's most definitely a jank model, uh, but right. you can build around it fairly well. Uh, it just doesn't answer heavy heavy armor, but it, right. it can do everything else pretty good. Okay, well, hopefully, you know, at this point cost, it, it may see some table time, maybe with uh, Orion or something. Uh, Crucible Guard, uh, once again, more text changes to kind of fit everything else with Carapace and removing of. Uh, elevation and so on and so forth. Um, infernos. So there was one change in infernos. Uh, well, two, but uh, for the foreboder, um, it got changed because it looks like there was a a turn one shenanigan you can do with it. So they pretty much just nipped that in the bud uh, ahead of time to stop that from happening. Um, uh, for mercenaries. Um, few other uh, tags got put out. Um, Constance got a change. Um, she actually uh, went through this in CID when we talked about this. But uh, outside of that change, she gained the Fortune spell. Um, so target friendly faction model slash unit can reroll its missed attack rolls. Each attack can be rerolled only once as a result of Fortune. Um, also, her uh, boosting effect. Which was similar to the spell transference, which allows you allows your caster to spin a focus to boost and attacker damage rolls for a warrior model in your control range. Um, one, the the change now here it's for uh, warrior models, so it can't be used on gallant because before it used to be you used to be able to use it on gallant, um, and now it's only on the melee attack and melee damage rolls, so it no longer affects range. And this is probably in response to. Um, the new Mario models having tons of guns, um, and they may feel that it, it will probably be a bit strong if that was the case. Uh, but we'll see once it comes out. Um, outside of that, a uh, few more point cost drops. Um, the Earthbreaker went up to speed five. Um, that's a very interesting add on for the Dwarven Colossal. Um, and then Crow's Cutthroat's got Prey. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like, I know one of the biggest weaknesses of crows was that they didn't have very good uh, mat and rat for the regular infantry to apply poison. Um, but they did. But they did have backstab. 
So now they're definitely going to be able to, at least at a Mat 7, Rat 7, be able to put up some decent damage now on living models. Um, the rest of the Mercs got some partisan add-ons, some partisan tags, and uh, things got a little bit cheaper, but nothing of uh, major note. Uh, they cut a lot of animosities, so Thamorite and Marlins can work together. Uh, for Trolls, uh, a lot of their models actually went down in point. Well, not a lot, but a few of their models went down in points, um, which is something they massively did during this dynamic update um, to kind of streamline a few things. Of course, not everything got hit, guys, as we talked about before, but hopefully, you know, once things start panning out, um, they'll see some things that definitely could use some extra tweaks here and there for the themes and for the models. Um, but let's jump into uh, the big thing where in Circle, Iona lost Phantasm, and the Lord of Peace got the double nerf of him being range 8 with the Raven and range 1 with the melee. Does this tone down Circle? No. Okay, Terrence, why? So, cutting Phantasm is great. I, I, it may, maybe, to some extent, I'm taking this from a mental point of view, Phantasm was never really a problem. The problem still remains with Iona is now, they just cut it. They didn't give her no other spell. So, this is what happens, in my opinion, on her turn. She's going to cast, she's going to upkeep uh, uh, Surefoot, and that's it. She has nothing else to do with her focus. Her fury, I mean. She has nothing to do with it. And she's still a control or a control range of 14. So she can stay super safe. And now she's even more unkillable because she didn't she's not even spending another fury to upkeep anything. She's still that far back. She still multiplies her force. And she's still not unkillable. See, I, I disagree. I think in th taking Phantasm out of her, her toolbox is huge. And I'll tell you why it's huge. Because the Phantasm is a delivery method that she no longer has. So she can hotbox that. Um, use it to the Ravage so they get across the board and put it over to the two-man unit that I can that bridge it and crawl, whatever his name is. Yeah, bridge and call, yeah. Yeah, and then put it on herself late game. Uh, and that's typically what you see, right? But now, without that spell, and they didn't replace it with occupation, I mean, now de the delivery of that army is a little bit more challenging. And then you add to that that the Lord of the Feast was their best jamming free model <laughs> that did a lot of damage in this jam, and I'm, I'm saying jam with quotations, air quotes. Um, I, I really think that list, I mean, it's still viable, it's still great, it's still a very great list. But it, it did lose something, and it does bring it back into the fold, I believe. Okay. Um, I would definitely agree with both of you. Um, I've, Iona is still strong, um, but I do feel like Cutting Phantasm was, uh, is something that did, did need to happen. Um, and uh, me and Terrence talked about this a lot about Iona and what we feel. Um, and I think we both agree that the, probably the best change to her is probably dropping her from Fury 7 to Fury 6. And that forces her to be up the board more in order to apply her feet um, and does force her to play a more forward game in order to get out all of her buffs and everything else. Um, 
Lord of Feast being uh, the way he is now. Um, he is not this early game, I can kill the world, but he is still strong enough that you can apply him to a single heavy target, and he can probably, if not one round it, um, severely cripple the mono, especially since he's also applying Grievous Wounds. So, both of those changes needed to happen. Um, will it calm Iona down? We don't know yet. Um, it's way too early to tell, since, you know, the changes just came out, we have these huge theme changes. Um, so it's, we shall see is the best way to put that. Um, come into Scorn, um, we see some wording changes. Um, the packs, uh, the Warbeast packs of old are now gone because no one played them. Um, the, the Scarab pack are now uh, just lesser Warbeasts, um, costing three points, having two Fury. Um, I mean, it looks like... 13 hitboxes, um, they still kept Carapace, um, and they now just pretty much just have a uh, hunting pack where they kind of gain bonuses with each other uh, and other uh, Aridus Warbees, so that includes the heavies as well. Um, but I, there still won't be something that's going to be taken. Uh, their uh, Animai uh, gives a lesser Warbees dig in, so it's there's nothing really for them to bring. You might see them on the board. I doubt it, but they'll probably be something that's going to be glossed over. So I found it really interesting that they did change the animal. If it, they would have probably gotten taken if they just would have changed their animal that says the spellcaster gains digging. I agree. I completely agree. It could have been self. So only them and the, the warcaster could have cast it. But they would have been taken just for that. Yeah. But now that they're enemies and all their cumulative damage is based on bringing more of those dudes, it's, unless they go come back later on and add on its free points or like requisition points, right? I don't know. I, I, I doubt it. I, I don't know what you do with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I won't, I won't spend a requisition points on these guys. Like I can't, I can't see it like at all. Like I have to bring like what, four of them to be useful and they all have to make it to the target. <laughs> And like, cause like, look, the, the bonus can't exceed plus three. Like, your first one's not getting the bonus. Your second one's getting a plus one. Your third one's getting the plus two. And your fourth one is getting the plus three. Yes, now they activate individually, so that's even a worse rule. Right, and it's like, I mean, like, it does get it with other uh, air just warbies, so it does count for the heavies as I said before. But it, no, like if I'm already paying all those extra points for the freaking heavies, I'm not buying the the lessers. Um, but yeah, as you said before, if it was self dig in for the animus. Oh, yeah, I'll take one. Hands down. Um, the Reptile House is actually better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the Cataphracts went down in points, which I was shocked to see. Um, they said they did, weren't going to change the Set Roddy points. Um, well, one, they gave Vorkash defensive formation um, in this update. I'm still not sure if spending, what, 24 points on that unit is worth it. Um, yes, four cash can be taken for free, but I still look at it as like you know twenty four points, guys. That's that's a lot. I mean, they are twenty four points, but they can't be targeted by spells. They have tough. They are weapon masters. They do gain cleave, right? Yep, and I, they have defensive formation, so they can you know shield wall or charge in, and then I don't know. Yeah, is 24, 24 points just feel, feels a bit much. 
Um, all right, coming into Legion. So the Blight Wasp got the same treatment as the uh, Scarab Pack. Um, very similar uh, set. Um, looks like 13 hit points again. Hunting Pack, the same. Um, their Animus is, is a when a friendly faction less war beast destroys enemy model. The basic attack. Um, so it looks like it gained Killing Spree, essentially. Um, these might still see play with uh, Abby 2, but that's pretty much it. Um, and then past that point... Uh, I don't know if they do, though. Uh, I don't know. Uh, nothing. Why did you just take a Harrier? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they even told you what on the the thing writing like on Arana. They tell you uh, is is written on our same as a Harrier, right? Oh yeah. But <laughs> so here's the crazy thing, right? Hunting pack is useless, right? It so is. just take a Harrier. They're the same points, and a Harrier gives you elusive, which is a better animus. Yep. And done. Yeah, I I don't know, <laughs> but who knows that maybe maybe I don't know. I, I any Legion of players there who know why, at least let us know. I don't know why you would take them. Uh, uh, however, the big thing for Legion is the uh, the Striders gain combined range back. Um, that's pretty nice for them. Um, is it? Well, I mean, it's the only thing they were pretty much missing was you know, better than nothing. Yeah. I agree. I mean, they lost it in this edition. Now they got it back. Okay, it's a six-man unit. Yeah, I mean, now I can put out what range powers, power sixteens if they need to. They have prowl or uh, no? I think they have stealth. They have prowl or stealth, one or the other. Um, uh, what do the Shredders have attachment to? So they're going to put out power eighteen. Because I think, cause I think the second guy also has one. Um, or no, he doesn't. So it's power, power 17. So whatever. It's it's definitely helpful for the units. Um, will they see play now? Maybe. We'll see. Uh, for Grimkin, the Murder Crows got Ambush, um, which was the benefit that was removed from Bump in the Night. Um, minions. So a lot of... I and mean, we talked about this in our earlier uh, podcast. Um, so a lot of the... The Pharaoh War Beasts no longer have to spend a Fury in order to use their dials. They now just take damage. Um, and they went down in a few points. And that's uh, pretty much it. Just a change of point cost throughout a few models. Um, sorry, guys, for not going like full on in depth on everything, but you know we're running a little bit over on time here, so. Uh, we're trying to give you guys just the, the quick read-through. If you guys have time, go on to the Private Press website, check out the 2019, to August 2019 uh, dynamic update, and give it a read. Um, as I said before, most of this is a point decrease across the board for a lot of things in all the factions and uh, wording to fix uh, for elevation going away um, and some tags thrown out for some models to fit in other themes. Um, but there are a few technical changes made so take a read through um so with that um damon terrence anything else you guys want to shout out for 
Uh, I'm going to give a shout out for Damon. Uh, we are coming up closer soon to uh, August. Uh, Damon does put on an excellent, excellent show at NASCON. I know I give him a hard time, but he does do a good job at NASCON. It is one of the few times a year where I can finally look at my friend and say, you know what, I'm actually proud of you. You did a good job. So Aww. for those of you that uh, that want to go have a good experience, come see D- Damon at NASCON. Uh, great time. Uh, like I said, even like he said earlier, you know, a, cl- uh, a broke clock is wrong twice a day. Well, a Damon can be right twice a year. You know what I'm saying? And one is time to NASCON. Man, he butchered wow. that. I like, like yeah. first of all, one he butchered that into like <laughs> savagely, like damn, like go pay the man a compliment and shit on him. <laughs> but he dressed the compliment in purity dog manure, like <laughs> it, it's so unrecognizable. But you know what? I'll take what I can get from this man. Right, amen. Thank you, Terrence. You're from welcome, David. Of my, my joyful soul. Thank you. Um, <laughs> While so, it means in pain. Yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, NashCon is quickly approaching. There's still time if you pre-register to get a uh, get a coin, which is an awesome coin uh, with the Batman building on one side and, and, and our local gaming club on the other. Um, it was nice. Know. I think it's a two-inch two inch coin. I have so, a request. I would like a uh, coin. How do I get See Isaiah, why you mess it up, man? We, I mean, we already plan on sending you one. Awesome. What? Yeah, man. Come on, you right. Shut up, Terrence. <laughs> we talked about it. He's such a chump. Terrence uh, <laughs> just dropped the ball right there. That, dude, what? that was hey, part of man, the plan. Listen, let me tell you something about this dude named Terrence Percival Johnson. <laughs> oh man, you throw out the middle last name. Damn. Man, I had to go all in. Name? Personal. Um, so if y'all see him at Gen Con, don't call him Terrence. I'm calling T. Call him Percival. That's his. Uh, that's his God God given name by yours truly, Damon. Um, but yeah, listen. I mean, for real though, if you guys are at Gen Con, check us out. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be here, and and as the poll is showing, I am the most loved. So hopefully, you guys will still go see Isaiah. Uh, uh, second, I have to hold it down by myself, man. Uh, I'm telling you, Isaiah. Um, please come check us out at NashCon. Uh, I think August the 25th, so weekend of August the 23rd. We will also, I don't know if we made this announcement, so I will just dance around it. There's going to be some pretty big interviews taking place at GenCon, so you will most definitely want to tune into the episode afterwards to check that out. And uh, we will be at Warfare Weekend. Um, looking forward to there. Uh, our buddies Chris Johnson and Gonzo uh, puts on an excellent show. Um, if you don't know Chris Johnson, that's Mechanica Studio. Uh, we will be there as well uh, with our mics in hand, hopefully talking to some of our friends, uh, meeting new friends, and so forth. And I have a question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it with a, a on-the-air question. Who would be interested, if just hypothetically speaking, um, and the first person who actually listened to the podcast and responds, uh, answer this question on our Facebook page. Uh, I, I, I buy it for you. The first one's on me. Who will be interested in rocking a Minority Report T-shirt? I mean, I, I know I would, but does any of our listeners would be would care to have one of those? 
Um, if so, like I said, the first person who actually posts on our page and say, I want to rock a Minority Report t-shirt, I'm buying it for you. Uh, so that's all I got, Isaiah. Appreciate it. Man, hold on, hold on. I'm going to fight. If the listener gets a t-shirt before I get a t-shirt, I, I'm, I'm just putting this out there for all y'all. Look, we love you listeners, but y'all can't get a t-shirt before me. There's no way. No way. Just, just they just trying to take home all the gear. Just all I mean, the, I think, the t-shirts. I want, all right. I want all the swag. I mean, decked out from head to toe. I look better than Kanye afterwards. That's not hard to do. They do crazy. Not right. I mean, so but the question is this. Would you rather have Kanye or Terrence? Terrence. Must we even answer that question? Hey, look. He can bring all the Kardashians with him, too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Kanye boy, he needs some help. A lot of help. Uh, but all right, guys. To all our listeners, once again, thank you guys for sticking with us this long and the craziness we bring. We hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Hope to see you guys at Gen Con. And you know what? Hope to see you guys at the final table. Thanks for listening as always. See you Peace guys. Out. This has been an episode of The Minority Report. Until next time, see you at the final table.